Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's on the lift, Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff. Cliff, give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your balls. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Uh, toggling his balls. I like your boots. Just below your nipple. Where are you headed? The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Toggling your balls. Fifty shades of gray. Slack, Cliffy. The biggest one yet. Cliffy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my assignment? Your grandmother. I like your rubric. Great Donnell Winslow. Oh, please. Degrade me. Cliffy Baseball. Weakness. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Sweet then. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Hey, firewoman. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Toggle, your balls. You're a smoker. The oatmeal tasting booth. Toggling your balls. Toggle your balls. Baby Butter Boy. The biggest and the best. You goddamn Butter Boy, son of a bitch. I can't get out of fuck of you, son of a bitch. To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the pizzle. Hellman's mayonnaise. The raucous red glare, the bombs bursting in air, and a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. Toggle your balls. Womack style. What is up? A tremendous. Friday to you. I am Jim Rome. Ah, <laughs> uh, remember? Cause I remember from when. Uh, remember, remember when? Remember when Jay and Chris said that I sounded like Jim Rome, or there were there were traces of Jim Rome. Which I don't know. I don't know how to take that. It's funny. You know what's funny? Uh, by the way, welcome. Welcome, everybody, to episode 18 of the Birthday Boy Podcast. Uh, I've got very little planned today. I have no bits. I have no little musical numbers. Because those those shits take a long 
time to put together. So I mean, give it a rest this week. I don't even know if I have OJ. I haven't looked at OJ's Twitter. It's just like, it's too much OJ. But maybe I'll have OJ. Because it sure is fun to talk like him. Hello, Twitter world. Yours truly. Oh, that might be it. That might be the OJ for this week. I think you've just heard the OJ for the week. Epic. Classic. You know, it's funny, though. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of Jim Rome, like all these sports guys, like everybody now, I mean, they many of them have for many, many years, but they all have some kind of simulcast on, on you know, either on network, you know, cable television, on one of the sports channels, or on, a, you know, on an app things like that. It's funny, all the sports personalities, like sports talk radio personalities, their their set, their backdrop, their studio, where they simulcast their radio show on television, they all like they perfectly fit their personalities. For instance, Jim Rome. So he's he just he's like he's pretty late to the game on the simulcast thing. And he's on CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network, whatever it's called. And his personality to me, and I'm a, like, I'm a fan. I've been listening to him since like 2003 when I, when I, <laughs> I used to, uh, I was a dog walker back in the day, back in 2000, yeah, 2003, 2004, I worked for this guy. Who had a he had a dog walking service or a, wasn't dog walking pet sitting so whatever that whatever that encompasses dog walking feeding I had to spend the night at somebody's house one time just because they were out of town for the night and I had to just sleep I just slept on their couch and just to like I don't know make sure their dog didn't die or go I don't know I let him out a few times and fed him. And then slept on the couch and then got up in the morning and fed him again and let him out. There's weird shit like that. It was actually decent money for, you know, just like feeding pets and taking them out to shit. But anyways, I was in the car with this guy one time who was my boss, Steve. He was driving me around to all the different clients' locations and this and that. I don't really remember. And it was just a really bad rainstorm. And my boss, Steve, he just had to run in. It was like just a real quick, I think it was just like a cat or something. I'm like, you want me to come in? He's like, nah, I'll go in. I'll take care of this cat real quick and then I'll come out. And it was like 20 minutes that I sat in the car. It was just torrential downpours. I was just sitting in his car and he had it on the sports channel 980. Is that it in Albany? AM 980? Is that WFAN in Albany? No. Fox, uh, whatever, I don't know. Yeah, it's Fox. Fox Sports 980, I think. What's WFAN? What's that? Ch- What's 1300? Oh my gosh. You would think, well, what's, I mean, WFAN is WFAN. 660. Now it's coming. 660 was WFAN. 1300 was whatever. That was Yankee. That was the Yankees broadcasts. And then 980 was, I think, Fox Sports. And that's where they syndicated... That's where they syndicated uh, the Jim Rome Show, among many others. Roger Weiland. That guy was... He's a local guy. He would come out in the morning. He's fucking terrible. Just had nothing to say. Kind of like... It's like this show, except he's getting paid 
probably decent money to say nothing. Whereas I'm just doing this for free because I I enjoy saying nothing into the microphone. But nobody's like depending on me for sports news or information or hot takes or anything like that. I just like this is me just talking in my fucking bedroom like an idiot, like an idiot who can't pronounce the word idiot. Idiot. Yeah, but this Roger Weiland came on 980. I think he was on at like 9 to noon, and then the Jim Rome show was on from like noon to 3. And then it was like Eric Cusilius and uh, I don't know, there's a bunch of guys. Who fucking cares? Yeah, Roger Weiland. That was Roger Weiland coming at you. Like he had, the, he had the classic like radio. I think he's like a sports guy on the NBC affiliate in, in Albany, isn't he? Still? or he was, I think it's NBC. Is Roger Wilde coming at you? They would they would play they would play a a, a little commercial for 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 Roger Wilde's show like during you know uh, listening to Jim Rome they'd have you know ads for the for, for the Roger Wilde little check out Roger Wilde's hot takes and then it would sh- it would it would be like this is the best clip they have and it's Roger Wilde like can you believe what can you believe what Terrell Owens did I mean I mean come on I mean. Are you kidding me? Come on, T.O. Get it together. I mean, what? What is this guy doing out there? He's it's unbelievable. Roger Wyland. Those hot takes and more every weekday at 9 on <laughs> Radio 980. I'm like, what? That's... You're supposed to be putting forth, like, the best of the best if you want somebody to listen to your fucking show. And you're telling me that's, like, that's his hot take on T.O.? Back, you know, of course, this is, like... 2003, 2004, 2005, whatever. And that was like, that was the commercial. That's supposed to, that's supposed to bring in the local listeners. Here's Roger Wallen coming at you. <laughs> hey, can you believe, can you believe that Chad Ocho Cinco? He changed, he legally changed his name to Ocho Cinco. I mean, what, what's going on here? I mean, what's the deal with this guy? I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Roger Wilden every day with more hot takes on 980s Fox Sports. <laughs> Man, how about how about the big how about that big Detroit Pistons uh, brawl last night? You've got Ron Artest going into the stands. I mean, I mean what? I mean, what's the deal with that? I mean, I, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, come on. What's what? I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? More hot takes like that one every weekday at 9 on Fox Sports with Roger Weiland. I think I think it was called, Come on, are you kidding me? With Roger Weiland. I think that was... <laughs> that was the name of his fucking terrible sports radio show. I mean, that's like, that's as, as local yokel as you get. And not to be... He seems like a very lovely guy. Very, very sweet man. Probably a beloved uh, local sports broadcasting institution in Albany. Uh, which is the thing I feel always obligated to say when I rip somebody to shreds for how fucking terrible they are <laughs> at their job. Oh, man. Hey, we got... We're going to be talking about Shen basketball coming up after the break. I mean, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, do you know what's going on out there? Are you kidding me? Right our test. I mean, what's up with that guy? <laughs> These hot takes and more every every weekday at nine on Fox Sports 980. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh my God! 
What the hell was I even talking about? What am I... Why, how did I get into fucking Roger Wild? Oh, Jim Rome. And the dog walking. I'm all over the place. This is what happens when I don't write anything down. This is like the first time I have nothing written down. I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to just sit down and just do a goddamn podcast. With no bits, with no 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 preparation whatsoever. It's almost like I am Roger. I'm like channeling Roger Wild. <laughs> And obviously cracking. That's another. That's how you know I'm a really. I would be. I would be cut out for local sports talk radio. As so I'm laughing at all of my own. Laughing at all of my own jokes. I mean, did you see? Did you see what happened last night in the big, uh, the big football game? I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Are you? I mean, what's the? De- I mean, what the? What's the deal with? I mean, come on. Roger Wyland, those hot takes and more every weekday at nine on Fox Sports 980. What's the deal? Holy shit. Oh, yeah, so, so there was nothing else on if I was just driving around in the morning taking care of pets at, uh, well, was it a low point in my life? I'm not saying it was, but yes, it was really about as low as I could possibly get back in like 2003, 2004. Uh, I mean, the highlight was working at Barnes and Noble. That was that ended up, as we know, there's some some great friendships, memories, and moments that came out of that. But fuck, I was it was like two, three years that I was a part time guy at Barnes and Noble. So it wasn't like I was making. I mean, who are we kidding? If you work full time at a place like that, you're not making a livable wage. So certainly, if you're working part time, you're not making a livable wage, and you don't have benefits and vacation days and shit like that. So. You know, and then to to kind of try to make make ends meet to some degree, I was yeah I was pet sitting in the meantime, which was cool. It was actually not bad. You know, I like I like just being able to go into other people's homes willy nilly and just have a key to their house and you know masturbate in every every single one of their beds, <laughs> take a shit in all of their toilets. Uh, didn't, uh, if any of the clients from 2003, 2004, I don't remember the, I don't even remember the name. I know the guy's name was Steve. I don't remember his last name. He was somebody from my dad's church. He was a super sweet guy. I adored him. A wonderful human being. Uh, and I don't know the name of his pet. He had a name for his service. It was a very cute name too. Very lovable. Like, oh man, that's a. Great name for a pet sitting service. So if anybody had Steve as their pet sitter back in 2003, 2004, let the record show I did not masturbate in any of your beds. Or did I? So, actually, I don't think think this fucking guy even told any people that I was working for him. Uh, There were a handful that met me. And they were, oh, this is John. He's my, you know, he's my assistant. He'll be, he'll be, you know, helping cover some of the work. Uh, but there were, there were a few times where, like, people were furious because they expected Steve to come over and watch their pet. And then, you know, they would review their security footage, which is obviously why I didn't, you know, take a shit in their bed and masturbate in their sink or whatever the fuck I just said <laughs> because I figured even in 2004 I figured everybody has a security camera somewhere if they're inviting somebody to come into their house to take care of their pets so uh yeah people would get 
very, very irate when they found out that some 23-year-old, 24-year-old jackass was coming over to take care of their pets instead of their trusted pet sitter who they had known for years and years. Oh, boy, did I... It was fun, though. I mean, yeah, again, to get to go into, like, different people's houses and just kind of, like, I don't know, see what other people's houses look like. Some of those were fucking nice houses, too, like Saratoga Lake, you know, up on, you know, nice, nice hill overlooking the lake and things like that. There were some great fucking places. There were some shit dumps I got to go to as well, but... You know, let's be honest, anybody who's got money, anybody who's got cash to burn to have some kid just come over and, like, sleep on their couch in their country house out in the middle of nowhere, their country estate with, you know, their 20 acres to make sure that their dog doesn't get eaten up by coyotes, yeah, their house is probably going to be pretty nice. And in most cases, 90% of these houses were very nice. So that was kind of cool. And so then I would like I felt good like wow I'm not just I'm not just masturbating in any bed I'm masturbating in a really nice stranger's bed and they've got three beds so that's got my work cut out for me and uh, yeah but then I re- that was I think that was the time that I realized I have like I just have no tolerance of dogs <laughs> if there's if there's one way to learn whether or not you like dogs become a dog sitter a dog walker whatever the fuck I was so it's like. You know, on top of that, again, not 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 the best time in my life. Uh, you know, 2003 was when I retired uh, from scooping ice cream at Stewart's, as you know, La Poopy. That was January of 2003. I think a few months later, uh, May of 2003 was when I started at Barnes and Noble, and right around that same time was when I started uh, taking care of the pets with Steve, and that lasted about a year. So it was like, okay. This is what one does when one gets their film degree from SUNY Binghamton Lecture Hall in the basement of the the, the, the cinema department in the basement of the lecture hall. The Bat Cave, as it was known. This is it. This is this is what comes, you know. This is the this is the reward. This is reaping the rewards of a college education. I uh, you know, made La Poopy sandwiches and then I graduated to uh, you know, $8.50 an hour in the music department of Barnes & Noble, and, uh, you know, a healthy little uh, side hustle, walking dogs. All things that would not have been possible without my college degree. So go to school, everybody. It's totally worth it. College is really worth it, and and it's very affordable, too, so you'd be stupid not to go to school. I fucking, I'll be honest, I'm jumping all over the place. I would be... F- thrilled if my kids because they're smart enough most like uh, here's the big secret most people are smart enough they could like come up with something they come up with something that like you know maybe it's not a six figure something but it's something and considering you're gonna pay well into six figures to go to college in most cases like just just not going to college puts you ahead of the game if you have like a fucking brain in your skull and can think of something to do you know, yeah, maybe you do some, like, retail shit while you figure it out, like everybody does. You know, or work at a restaurant, or walk fucking dogs, or serve La Poopy sandwiches. Scoop ice cream or some bullshit for a little while. But, like, who cares? Like, figure shit out. God damn, the shit that's out there today between, like, YouTube and b- doing this podcast stuff. Like, things that you can do to be an entrepreneur and, like, make yourself known and put yourself out there. The kinds of businesses that you can come up with that I... I'm stupid. I can't even think of what, you know, what could be done, but there's so many things out there that require 
no college. Yeah, fuck it. My anti-college rant. As somebody who has a bachelor's and a master's, an MBA. And yeah, look, the fucking MBA, it paid off. You know, I'm making I'm making more than Barnes & Noble money. Let's just put it that way. But Jesus Christ, like, you think about, you know, I'm still paying these fucking student loans forever. That's like a whole, it's a whole crisis. If you're smart enough, though, like, all right, you know, maybe you do, like, if you want to learn some more stuff, go to community college for a couple years and then work part-time and then figure shit out. But, like, the whole the whole four-year college thing, what a fucking waste. What a fucking scam. Fuck that. If my kids have no interest in going to college, as long as they've got some something that they want to do, yeah, great. Go do it. Go start start making some money right out of high school. Like, you know, obviously, if you want to be a fucking doctor or a lawyer, teacher, yeah, of course, go to college. You gotta go to college. But if you don't, if you don't know, that's the thing. People are like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm just gonna go to college, and then it's like, okay, I'm done, done with college, and I'm gonna work in retail for the next decade. Fuck that. Fuck college. Huh? Oh. Okay. I've got a phone call. We'll be right back. Oh, hey. Hey, everybody. This is Roger Wallen coming at you. Hey, hey, what's the deal with Ron Artest? I mean, going up into the stands during that Pistons game and punching all those guys? I mean, the, I mean, I mean, what? I mean, what's the deal with that? What's what's up with that? This is Roger Wilden, Fox Sports 980. This is the editors coming at you. Not bad. (laughs) Oh, Christ. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, the college thing. Don't go to college. Find something better to do. Such a fucking waste. Seriously, it's like, who cares? Uh, that's right. I'm not saying drop out of high school. I'm just saying don't go to college. You know, figure it out. There's so many... The internet is the best and worst thing that's ever happened. And there's so much shit you can learn that you don't need to spend hundreds of thousands, half a fucking quarter of a million dollars on fucking college please anyway yeah obviously I say that with you know a couple degrees but still like honestly for the most part you could like you could go look if you're lucky enough when you get your degree to end up in the industry that you want to be in, which is, that's not fucking likely to happen, even with the degree in the field that you want to be in, the industry you want to be in. And then if you do, you're going to start from the fucking bottom anyways, even with that college degree. So you might as well just start at the bottom and save yourself a ton of fucking money going to college and time. And then like, have your company pay for your college education if that's something that they offer, which a lot of fucking things do. I don't know who I'm talking to. Most of my, you, you guys all, you know, you're like my age. So what am I? Who am I really talking to? I'm not sure. Your children, put your children on. Let them listen to Uncle Johnny here. Kids, my friends' children, children I don't know. Don't waste your fucking time with college. It's just a bunch of nonsense. 
it's great. Learning is great. If college like didn't cost a billion dollars, I'd say go to college to everybody. But you know, fuck it. Go out and do stuff. You can. It's unbelievable the shit that you can do. The internet at your disposal. Like, be creative and come up with something. That's the best advice I can give you. I can't give you specifics. Just, you know, be creative, come up with something, and don't blame me if it all goes to shit. Because it'll probably go to shit even if you do go to college. So don't don't worry about it. Oh, fuck. I mean, would you rather have a retail job with no debt, or would you rather have a retail job with student loans from the last four years plus? Because I've had both, and it was a lot easier to live when I had no student loans. And... You know, like I said, you want to be a doctor, go to go to school and be a doctor. Uh, Kaylin wants to be an art teacher. She's probably going to be an art teacher because she's, like, obsessed and she's nonstop uh, scouring the internet for new creative ideas and things. She's got this, I don't know what the hell she follows, some website that Kib found or she found. It's got all these great, you know, Saturday afternoon crafts and projects and things. She's always coming up with stuff. She's endlessly toiling away, doing different things. She made a a McDonald's drive through from a shoebox, and she made the burgers, patties, and the buns, and little the little yellow wrappers to put them in. It was, like, unbelievable. Oh, good. Somebody's knocking at this window while I try to do a podcast. What the fuck? Oh, good times. It was the kids and Kimmy coming back from the pool and knocking on the window while I try to do a fucking podcast. And there's the squealing and sounds. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what was I saying? I have no idea. College? Was I still talking about college? Anyway, Kaylin wants to be an art teacher. So great. She'll go to college. If Cam has no interest in the stuff, then don't go to college. Don't just go to college just to go to college. People are like, oh, but employers see that you... You can follow through on something for four years and uh, complete this time. Bah, fuck that. You know how many assholes have college degrees and they're fucking idiots? That doesn't show anything. It proves nothing. It proves you can be high as a fucking kite for four years and walk out of there with a degree. That's a big fucking deal. God, congratulations, you went to college. Talk about a per- That's the most expensive participation trophy there is. The bachelor's degree. <laughs> Oh, man. Now, an MBA like me, that's big boy stuff. <laughs> uh, honestly, that was a fucking joke, too. It was hard because I didn't know anything about I had no... I've never taken an accounting class or a finance class, but, you know, I fucking still did it. And I got fabulous grades. Uh, that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, so go to college, and then you'll wind up walking dogs and pets, which will then lead you to sit in a car in the rain as I started to talk about 30 minutes ago uh, while your boss is in feeding a cat and you're sitting in the driveway in the pouring rain thinking that he's dead and then realizing he's just sitting in the garage waiting for the rain to subside and meanwhile I'm just stuck in his car listening to the Jim Rome show that's how I discovered Jim Rome Uh, and maybe that's maybe it just seeped into my subconscious or maybe I just sounded like him all the time all along (laughs) and so that's why when I do the podcasts I talk like Jim Rome, occasionally, from time to time, take long pauses, say all this 90s slang that makes no sense, and things like epic 
classic. Rack me. I'm out. Uh, but that's. But what I was saying earlier was it's interesting how all these guys have their simulcasts. Like Jim Rome to me, and I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I listen. I'm glad that the kids, by the way, uh, I told them I'm doing a podcast, so try to keep it down, and they're doing a really great job. Uh, hold on one sec. Hey, shut up. I'm doing a podcast. It's podcast time. It's podcast time. Shush. Uh, so Jim Rome, <laughs> to me, like I said, I'm a fan. I listen. And he reminds me of like a 90s sports robot. Like he doesn't seem human. He very seldom, you're not going to get a lot of emotion out of this guy. Because this is how he talks about everything. No matter what. Epic. Classic. Rack me. They're still, I'm glad they listen. They're still screaming. Those kids. Can you hear it? It's good. It's good. It's a good way to make the podcast sound very professional. Awesome. Awesome. Anyway, as I was, as I was saying to me, you know, Jim Rome, he's sort of, yeah, he's very kind of cold and impersonal and robotic and uses a lot of this weird nineties lingo, like a California dude from the nineties. And so yeah, he sounds like a, he sounds like a California sports robot. And so when you look at his, his whole studio, his whole setup, and it looks like the fucking help desk at an Apple store, it's very clean, very neat, very minimalist, a lot of white walls and backgrounds and like a couple of TVs that don't really do much of anything except say the Jim Rome show. And it's just him, his nice little collared shirt and a laptop and the microphone. And that's about it. It's just, it's very sterile, very, yeah, very, very, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It looks like, it looks like a fucking Apple store. Like I said, that fits his personality perfectly. Then you've got like Tony Kornheiser, who it's a little different because he's not in the in the restaurant anymore. But he, Tony Kornheiser, left radio a couple years ago. You know, PTI Tony Kornheiser left radio to do his podcast. He changed it to a podcast. Basically, it's the exact same show, except he's you know he can kind of come and go as he pleases. He does the podcast. He has sponsors. It's all good. And for the last couple of years, he was doing it out of a restaurant that he purchased with some other guys called Chatter in Washington, D.C. And I thought that's like that's so fitting of his character to have kind of an audience to, to, to their, you know, drinks and food and everybody's, you know, it's kind of like having a, a podcast at Cheers, you know, and that to me fits his personality to a T. Then you've got Colin Cowherd, who's like, you know. In life, there are two people. There are two kinds of people in life. That's every fucking story, every fucking analogy that he makes. In life, there are two people. There's the West Coast people and the East Coast people. You got Baker Mayfield, a real blue-collar guy drinking beer, kind of a jackass. There's the Baker Mayfields and there's the Tom Brady's. In life, there's two kinds of people. There's Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield. 
and he does all these things. I think he's like he's under the impression that he's saying like very profound things, Colin Cowherd. And I enjoy listening to his show too. I love I fucking love sports radio. Like honestly, I would rather listen to sports radio than watch sports most of the time. It's more fun to to hear about, you know, to hear the personalities and things than to watch like a game. And I love watching games. But you've got Colin Cowherd who in life <laughs> He's just pontificating all day long, and he's coming up with these metaphors and these little analogies and all of his uh, this and that. And There's two kinds of people in life. There's the Baker Mayfields, and there's Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is a sports car, and Baker Mayfield, he's a Mustang. He's a little green. I don't even know. I don't know what he's... But but that's all he does. He just, just makes these fucking analogies. And he's pontificating. It's he's like, you know, he's like riffing man. I think that he's under the impression that you know that he's like jazz music. In life, there's a sports host who says a lot of things, and then there's a sports host where it's it's the things that are unsaid that matter. And uh, so, to me, and Colin Cowherd's whole studio, it's kind of it's kind of dim. It's dark. It's it's like a restaurant. It's like a piano bar like a jazz bar or something and he's he's up at this desk and he's got his co-host joy uh who's sitting on the other side i think on a lower platform he's got chairs for guests that are lower so he's on this pedestal with this desk with this weird shaped desk that looks like he looks like he's fucking billy joel he looks like the fucking piano man at a piano bar which is obviously by design the great colin cowherd up on his pedestal talking down Looking down on his on his kingdom, pontificating, tickling those ivories, the sports analogy ivories. So it's like it's a perfect it's a perfect setup for him at the piano bar. And then you've got Dan Patrick, who's the best of the bunch uh, by far, as far, as far as I'm concerned. He's the smartest. He's the wittiest. He's the quickest. Um, he's the guy that just you know he feels like. Just a guy that you know, like somebody's dad or somebody that you know from the neighborhood or something, just really, really knowledgeable about knowledgeable about sports. And he's got his whole man cave with all the sports collectibles and memorabilia, and it's really cozy, and he's got the fireplace, and he's got, like, now he's got his new studio with, like, a basketball court in it and all this fucking awesome stuff. And, you know, he's got, like, Adam Sandler stopping by to shoot hoops and it's just like it's fun. It's like a, you know, the golf simulator and pinball machines and just just stuff. It looks you know it looks like a place like wow I'd want to go there and hang out. I want to hang out at the Dan Patrick man cave. And he's got you know the Danettes, Seton, Polly, Fritzy, McLovin on the show. It's like it's very warm and inviting. And boy, he's got those golden pipes more so than anybody else, as far as I'm concerned. So it's, but it's perfect. It fits him perfectly. And then you've got like Mike Francesa, who I don't, I don't know if he's on a simulcast anymore. I haven't lived in New York since 2010. So, and then I think the last time I had the Yes Network was when I had DirecTV, which has been like probably six years ago. Uh, but his, his show looked like he was in, you know, a moldy basement, a moldy basement somewhere on Long Island. Just, you know, just an old, just kind of an old, tired, old guy just talking about sports, and you're not really sure if anybody's listening, but he's just kind of there, 
and people just don't know what else to listen to, so they just turn on his show because they've been they just been listening to him for years. And maybe maybe in the eighties or nineties he was good. I don't I don't really know. I've listened to him a bunch to try and figure out what's the what's the appeal, and I haven't I haven't quite gotten it. Other than like he's a New York sports guy, so he's anybody who's into New York sports is going to listen to him because he's talking about New York sports. So I, that makes sense. But I just remember seeing his show. It just—he looked like he was in like the back room of somebody's basement, just sitting in his basement, a moldy old basement, <laughs> just talking about sports. I met that dude once when I worked at Stewart's, actually in Saratoga, because he goes out—he goes to the track every year. He and Bill Parcells, and I met Bill Parcells too, and like Jerry Bailey, who's one of the jockeys. They—they they all came in and got their coffee in the morning and all that shit, racing forms, all that nonsense. And I. uh Bill Parcells paid me for gas one day. I was at the register, and he, he had $18 worth of gas, and our conversation was as follows. Uh, was that you on pump three? Yeah, eighteen fifty. All right. Anything else today? Great. Out of 20 fifty is your change. Have a great day. Thank you. So that's, that's a, a legendary interaction between Johnny Boy and Bill Parcells back in 2002. But yeah, so it's it's so funny how all these all these uh, sports personalities have these shows, and their their whole set, their whole studio, perfectly fits their personality. As far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, Cliffy. So that's my that's my hot take on sports guys, and uh, Roger Weiland. I can only imagine what his studio looks like. Probably a, I don't know, a tin can, and a barber chair. <laughs> Man, poor guy, poor Roger Wyland. What did, uh, what did I ever do to deserve this? I'm just a local sports guy who's passionate about sports, talking Niski Una football, Shen basketball, and uh, this is the Roger Wyland show here on Fox Sports 980. We're gonna quick, take a quick timeout. We'll be right back with more here on Roger Wyland show. Stick around, birthday boy. I feel like I had other points to get to on that last uh, segment. It's quite possible. I don't know. Dog walking, Jim Rome, the sports guys, their shows look like their personality. I guess that's about it. So, why, why some Lady Gaga, you ask? Well, A, I love Lady Gaga. And B, I was thinking... A couple things to talk about. I was just thinking about. I hadn't planned to talk about this, but uh, <laughs> it's another. It's a very. It's a small seacoast story. Uh, let me mute that a little bit. Oh wait. Oh yeah. Come on. This makes me think of South Park too. What about speaking of those sports guys? What about Mad Dog? Hubadoo, Hubadoo. That make me make me so mad talking about the Patriots. Tom, Tom Brady. I just want to talk. I just want to listen to Sour Shoes. 
from Howard Stern do fucking what's his name all day. Do, do Mad Dog. Uh, anyway, so I'm playing this song. Well, now I'm not. I'm fading it out because it's it's annoying me. But I was I was playing Lady Gaga because I was just thinking about <laughs> back in the Seacoast days, back when I worked at Seacoast. Uh, I had like we all had our own offices. It was because it's a small bank, so like we we ended up taking over this this office area. And we moved the we had like a small space on the third floor, and our boss Chuck moved us down to the second floor, and we had this huge sprawling. I think it's still where they are, the accounting department, accounting and finance. And we all had like really nice offices, except for uh, Chris, the intern, except for Corsia, who sat back in the corner with the cobwebs and the ghosts. Oh gee whiz, gee willikers, Mr. Schaefer, this sure is a swell spot. Oh gee whiz, thanks. Thanks for putting me here, Mr. Schaefer. Uh, Mr. Schaefer, Mr. Schaefer. Uh, Hopkins Hopkins arrived at 7.01 this morning. I just thought I'd let you know. He said he's been coming in at 7, but he got here at 7.01. So uh, I'm just going to sit here and eat my bagel while you while you discipline him accordingly, Mr. Schaefer. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I would I would come in very early. Uh, and in the hopes of leaving early, I tried to do like 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., which usually just meant I was working from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. Like an idiot, I should have started coming in at like 10 in the morning, and then you know, then I might have actually gotten an eight-hour day here and there. But uh, <laughs> I would get in so early, I was usually the only one in the office, except for um, Carleen was there. She was the head of AP. Uh, but this day, I think it was just me. She might have been out on vacation, so I just I had the whole the whole place to myself. You know, I, I was a regular Kevin McAllister, just running around, you know, eating popcorn in bed and eating junk food and watching rubbish. No, I I got there and you know, let's be honest, sometimes early in the morning get the uh, got the early morning uh, early early morning. I don't know gas movement going so I would get to my my nice corner office and I would check my email and get set for the day and then I would just I would let him rip like a motherfucker just just letting just letting them rip uh, which I've never done at any other place of business uh, but this time I had an office so I thought yeah fuck it nobody's here nobody's gonna be here for hours so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here and check email and fart and so one day I just, oh man, I had a, I'll get into the detail, but it was, it was sizable. It was a considerable effort on my part. And, uh, and the CFO, Bill, would often, he would like, he would just come into my office and I play the Lady Gaga because he was, he listened to Howard Stern. Like he and I, he's the fucking CFO of the bank. And he and I, we'd go out to lunch and we'd talk about Howard Stern. We'd talk about clips from Howard Stern. One day I'm sitting in my office with Chuck and we're going over something, budget stuff, I don't know, bank terms, financial concepts, who knows Who knows what we were going over. I know I sure didn't. Uh, so, so we're sitting there one afternoon and Bill just comes barging into the office and Chuck and I are like head, heads down, noses you know, to the grindstone and Bill comes in and I'm like, oh my God, what's, what's wrong? Is there some sort of financial emergency, some sort of bank crisis? 
And Bill's like, oh, hey, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm in my office. I was listening to, I was listening to Howard on Sirius. And he's, he's, they're replaying the Lady, Ga- Lady Gaga interview from this morning. And like, because he was a huge, he became a huge Lady Gaga fan just from listening on Howard Stern. So he barged in as Chuck and I are going through like the month end Alco reporting, who, who even knows? Bill barges in. I'm like, what's wrong, Bill? What's wrong? He's like, quick, quick, put on Sirius Radio. Put on, put on Sirius XM. They're replaying the Gaga interview. I'm like, thank you. There's, there's no, where else can you have the CFO of a bank? of a $2 billion bank or whatever it was at the time, burst into the office of an analyst screaming and yelling, turn on Sirius XM, the Lady Gaga interview is being replayed on Howard 101 or (laughs) Howard 100, whatever it was. (laughs) It's just delightful. Um, So so one morning, and so Bill would, uh, yeah, would often just swing by, he would swing by my office for reasons like that to tell me to listen to such and such on Howard Stern or recap the the latest interview with the latest celebrity. And uh, so that time he came in to tell me to, to put on Lady Gaga. Okay. And uh, back to this, this uh, you know, shortly after that, uh, I'm sitting in my room one morning, a bright, beautiful, sunny South Florida weekday morning, and I'm just letting them rip. Just letting them rip. And, uh, and then... And I always thought, like, okay, nobody else is in the bank. This is nice. But I forgot that Bill drove, like, 90 minutes all the way in from Boca Raton every morning in a huge fucking Lexus of his. And he would get there. He'd leave his house at, like, 5 a.m. And he'd get to work at, like, you know, 6, 6.30, oftentimes before 7 o'clock. He was the only person there before me was Bill. Um, And occasionally Chris with his dopey bagel to spy on me. Report, report my wheelings and dealings. Oh, uh, Mr. Schaefer, uh, Hopkins, uh, he spent he spent four minutes in the men's room this morning, Mr. Schaefer. I just thought you should know. You might want to check up on that. Might have IBS. Anyways, I'll be over here in the corner eating my bagel, eating this dopey bagel. Oh, fucking! I fucking love you, Corsia. That's why. Just like Cliffy, I love Cliffy. That's why I. Spend so much. I dedicate so much time. I dedicate time making fun of those whom I love so much. You know that, Corsia. You fucking dopey bagel eating motherfucker. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm I'm sitting there, you know, having a having a real fun time, just just ripping them off, just uh, ripping them off, cracking off, cracking them off, as they say in Canada, I believe. And, uh, and, uh, suddenly it's a few moments after, uh, Bill, Bill walks in and I just froze. I mean, just second, like I just, just let one rip. And then Bill walks in because my window had a perfect vantage point to the area of the parking lot where he was waiting for some people to pick him up. He was having a a business meeting breakfast of some kind. I don't know who knows what, who knows who he was meeting, but he was, he was waiting for somebody to come and pick him up and take him to breakfast. And, uh, they were a little bit late and the executive offices were on the other side of the building. So he couldn't look out the window there and see anything. So he came over and he knew that I was in early. 
So rather than sit in somebody's empty office, he would come join me, hang out in my office. And uh, that's exactly what he did. He came, looked out the window, and then he just he sat right down in the, the chair on the other side of my desk. And at this point, I'm just I'm frozen. I froze like a statue, hoping that maybe I could turn myself invisible and that he wouldn't see me or smell me. And, uh, and so <laughs> I just sat and pretended to have a conversation, and I was probably bright red. My face was probably beet red because I was so, so humiliated. And, uh, and I was like, oh, so what's, you're going out to some kind of breakfast, uh, Bill? And, going out? and I thought, too, like, the louder I get, maybe the less, uh, maybe if I drown out the sense of smell <laughs> with the sense of sound, like, if, if I get louder, maybe his sense of smell will worsen. Maybe one sense will replace the other. So I just was talking really loud, thinking that sound would drown out smell. And uh, I, that is not how it works, I don't think. But it didn't stop me from getting as loud as possible. And then I was like, you know, just I was like waving my arms, thinking that, oh, well, if I can distract him visually, in addition to the sound of my voice, if I can distract him not just audibly, but visually by waving my hand. So I'm flailing my hands in the air. Hey, Bill, what do you? So you're going out to breakfast? Who are these guys you're meeting? So those other businessmen? Those other bank bankers or consultants? What are you doing? Where are you going? Oh, that's great. So if I just kept him talking and kept him distracted with my, you know, I went I went from statue because I thought, well, that's I'm I'm not going to turn invisible. He can see me, and if I just sit here and don't move and don't say anything, he's really going to think. I'm crazy. He's going to just think that I shit myself if I don't move. So, so of course, I just pretended that, you know, everything's fine. Hey, but hey, where are you going? You going out to breakfast? So oh, that's great. Where are, you, where, where, where are you guys going? Who are you going with? What kind of car? How, you know, and uh, he was he spent a good maybe 30 seconds in my office. And then I think I, there was a look in his eyes that told me everything I needed to know. I'm like, yep, he there's no way he didn't. Uh, just get a nose full of what I, what I was laying out there, and uh, and then he got up. He said, "You know what? I think I'll just um, I'm just gonna go wait in my office. I bet you they'll be here any minute. I'm, you know what? I'm just gonna go outside. I'm gonna go stand in the 110 degree Florida heat uh, out on the sidewalk and just melt. I'd rather just melt to death uh, than spend another minute in this disgusting office. You vile swine, you Hopkins." And so he got up and he sprinted. He just sprinted out of the building. There was a there was a cloud of smoke shaped like his body, uh, a cloud of dust, like in the Looney Tunes, where he was standing a few seconds before that. And uh, yeah, he ran out. And I don't think he ever set foot in my office again. I can't blame him. He was he was wise to do so. But that uh, yeah, so I, I that was not a <laughs> that was not a tale I intended to tell here on the podcast today. But yet, here we are. Oh, Christ. What is this song? Oh, please, like... What is the song that I just selected? That I just handpicked and put on here? I know exactly what this fucking song is. Like, I'm pretending like I've got a whole thing going on here. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, fucking love this song. No matter who your audience is, I'm gonna love 30% it. 30% will love it, and 30% will hate it. That speaks and to 30% me. 30% won't 
care. Stick with the people who love you and don't spend a single second on the rest. Yeah. Life will be better that way. That's good. Yeah, see that? Let's stop that for a sec. Yeah. 30, what the fuck did he just say? Spend 30% of the people love you, 30 not, 30 don't care, 30% won't care. That's, uh, that's pretty valid because I, uh, you know what? This pod, this podcast aims to get, uh, 30% of the people to like me and then the 30% of the people who don't like me, uh, would like to pull them in and have them, well, I don't care if they like me, but have them like the podcast. So I want I want those ratios to be better. I want those percentages uh, to really be a lot better than what he's telling when you me. Get in the mud with a pig, you get dirty, mm. and the pig gets happy. Okay. Forget purpose. It's uh-huh. okay to be happy without one. The quest for a single purpose has ruined many lives. Fuck. Look, is created I like that. by the prepared. Can I just say that whole that whole line? You know, I don't think this is any like great brilliant song or anything like that. But man, that's fucking the whole thing. Stick with the people who love you. Great, that makes sense. Like, <clears throat> I I want if thirty percent of the people hate me and thirty percent don't care. That's fine as long as that combines sixty percent. You know, really, let's be honest, it's really thirty three and a third. If you're gonna, you know, I don't want to be, oh, Mr. Schaefer, I was listening to this song. He said 30% and 30% and 30%. It makes up 100. And, uh, well, I just reviewed uh, a few of my accounting books, and that's just simply not true, Mr. Schaefer. So, <laughs> so thir- okay, so 60% or 66.66, whatever, percent don't like me. That's fine. I want them to listen to the podcast, though. So hopefully the 30% that love the podcast keep listening, and then the 30% that don't love the podcast keep listening because they don't love it. Like, I want them to just, like, listen and say, ah, I hate this guy. I hate his opinions. I hate his voice. I hate his stupid face. I hate all the songs that he plays. I hate all the jokes. But I'm going to keep listening because I hate him so much, and I can't stop listening because I just want to punch his stupid face, and I'm going to keep listening. And then the 30% that doesn't care. That's the tough one. That's the that's the nut that this squirrel uh, needs to figure out how to how to gather. The 30% that don't care. I make them care. How can I just how can I beat them? How can I beat them over the head with the podcast and make them care? Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. But I just will keep I'll keep <clears throat> annoying the shit out of people by posting about it on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. It's funny too because on Instagram you can tell that nobody has any interest in the podcast because I used to get I used to get a lot of feedback feedback and likes and all that shit when I would post you know here's another picture of a building in Boston here's a picture of the sunset and it's fun it's fun for like a minute. Like, all right, the sun's. How many more pictures of snow can you see in a day? How many more pictures of a of a sunset? How many fucking, wow, it's the Hancock Building. Like, how many? Yeah, please, there's a zillion of them. And some people are just truly gifted, great, brilliant photographers with great cameras. I'm not one. I have a fucking iPhone, and and I you know sometimes take a decent picture or two, and that's fun. And you know, so it's like sometimes I would get you know. Dozens and dozens of likes on one picture. And then as soon as I started posting a picture of myself talking about the Birthday Boy podcast, 
it's like, <laughs> oh, there's there's that. It's way more than thirty percent who do not care. So I got. I'm just gonna keep. But I'm just gonna keep fucking. I'm just gonna keep posting about it on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you don't care, I'm gonna make you care. God damn it. I'm gonna reach through the fucking microphone, through the speaker, through the phone, through the screen, and grab you by the collar and make you care, or make you hate me. But still, listen is all I care about. Care, don't care, listen. You gotta listen. That's all. That's all I want. Hate me, don't hate me. Listening is all that matters. Uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, that part speaks to me in this tune. And then what did he say? Is not everybody has to. You don't have to have a purpose. I think that's so great. Yeah, you don't have to have a fucking purpose. Like, here's the thing. Like, what's the one thing that you and I and everybody else has in common? There's one thing only, pretty much. I mean, I guess there's two things. Like, we'll all die, except for me. I will live forever. You will all die. But, like, 0%, 0% of us had any, had any choice in being here. We all, 0% of us chose to be here. We all, you know, we all, let's, let's put it delicately uh, and, and, Tactfully, we all popped out of a vagina somewhere. That's you know we didn't we didn't choose that. That just happened, you know. Just mushy little brainless little screaming blobs of baby, a long time ago. So like, so fucking. So what's the purpose? You have like everybody's gonna have a purpose. You know, we're all gonna be the fucking president. We're all gonna, we're all gonna be. Look, there can only be one birthday boy. Obviously, I have found my purpose. It's to be the birthday boy forever and ever for all times. But like, you know, this whole idea. There's like this big great thing out there. Not really. Not for everybody. There, there, there really doesn't have to be. There's just sometimes your purpose is maybe just kind of like, you know, do whatever you want, hang out. Don't be a dick. Maybe that's your purpose. Maybe that should... Let's just start with that being a purpose. Like, don't be a dick. You know, kindness matters. Which I guess when you think about it, yeah, it really does. I say that every week. You know, so there's your purpose. Don't be a dick. That's a good... That's a great purpose to have. It doesn't have to be any bigger than that. Like, just go through life not being a piece of shit. There's a good purpose. You know, you don't have to be the best fucking baseball player. Just... You just don't be an asshole. So I like this. I like this notion of like no purpose. Uh, you know, because you you don't. You know, and then this idea that you've got to figure it out. Again, back to the college thing. You got to figure it out before. Which college do I want to go to? What do I want to study? And then go to college and then do it. And then like, oh shit, maybe this isn't what I like doing. Fuck. Now what? Now I'll go. Now I'll go work and make la poopy sandwiches. Walk dogs that I. Find aggra- find to be aggravating. Oh yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. As I I grew to realize I do not like dogs in the pet sitting industry. I realized I was my purpose was not to be at all involved in any way, shape, or form with pets or to have them as pets. So so I guess there's my purpose for being a dog walker to realize uh, before making the mistake of adopting a pet. Oh, I don't think I really like animals that much. I don't particularly enjoy dogs. I'm not fond of them. They annoy me. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I'm very happy not having anything to do with them. So if you were upset at me, by the way, for the, the sports jersey stuff or some of the other things that uh, that I said, some of my other hot takes, 
Uh, I'm sure the rest, those who were left, not offended by anything. Uh, now that I've now that I've just shat on dogs and dog ownership, but not for other people. I don't care if you have a dog. That's great. You love dogs. Have a dog. It's fucking beautiful. It's wonderful. I don't like dogs, so I'm not going to have a dog. It's not like the sports jersey thing where I say nobody should have a sports jersey past the age of 13. I'm not saying over the age of 13 you shouldn't have a dog. Everybody should have a dog who wants a dog. If you love dogs, have a dog. So there's your purpose. Have a dog. My purpose is to not ever have a dog. Although I'm going to have to someday, probably sooner than later, because there are some people in this house who want a dog. Although those people don't have an income and uh i'm still the captain at least i tell myself that <laughs> oh my god just carrying on anyway yeah so purpose zero percent of us wanted to be here now you have to be like tasked with finding a purpose and some meaning to your life it doesn't you really don't have to like do you think every uh, you know every fucking uh cockroach running around has a purpose yeah purpose is to just be a cockroach so maybe your purpose is to just be a person i don't know eat snacks don't be a dick don't be a complete drain on society maybe that's your purpose trying to try to be as minimal a drain on society as possible yeah maybe your purpose is just be like happy not be a dick i don't know you dicks out there ever think about that maybe that's your purpose stop being a dick but what if your purpose is to be a dick? Hmm. That's also true. That could be your purpose. Just be a be a total dick. Oh man. Let's uh let's see what else this guy. Well, see. I have say. lots of ideas. How do I pick the right one? Okay. Execute on as many as possible. The right idea will pick you. Yeah. All right. So do all the shit that you want to do. Do all of it, and then. Uh, Okay, alright. Or just pick the one that you really want and, like, really try hard if that's what you really want to do. Um, what do I know? You want to have a podcast? Go have a podcast. Execute on as many. The right idea will pick you. I mean... Maybe. Diversification is everything. You Fine. Pass this by having lots of that. Sure. That makes sense. We're taught at an early age that we're not good enough. Someone else has to choose us in order for us to be what? Blessed, rich, certified, yeah. legitimized, educated, partnership material. Okay. Remember this phrase, get paid, get laid, lose weight, because those are the three things people will pay for. The three things people will pay for? One candle can light a thousand Okay, other hold candles. on, hold on. Yeah, so I, I like the whole thing about uh, whatever, whatever the fuck he just said. Don't, uh, you know, everybody's, we're not good enough for people, blah, 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 which is true. And by the way, when you, nobody, to me, nobody is more excited to make you feel like a piece of shit than somebody on a job interview. If you go in for the interview and you, you know, you really, you know, they, they want you to feel like uh, your balls are in their hands, like they've got you by the balls. But that's so fucking not true. Like... Negotiate, dude. I know that's not really what this guy's saying. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't care. But the the negotiation stuff. They 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 think like 
It's, it's just like the great pleasure to work for my company. What are you going to do? What are you going to bring to this company? And they really want to, some people want to get you. Like, oh, I got you. I got you with this question. And then you, you weren't expecting that one. Ha ha. But honestly, if you go into a fucking job interview <clears throat> and have their balls in your hands, which you can do, and it's easy to do, you just have to, you have to prepare. You have to have questions lined up. You have to study those questions for the night, the week, the days before. Study those fucking questions and then just get ready to fucking rapid fire hammer the shit out of these guys because, you know, that's what they want to do. They want to make you think, like, it's this great privilege to come and work for my company and work in my department and you're lucky to even have the opportunity to be here today because of the economy and blah, blah, blah. And where else will you go if not for... There's a fucking million jobs out there. There's really tons of jobs. They're not all great. Some of them involve making La Poopy sandwich, and then there's jobs that, like, ooh, this could be the difference between me making La Poopy and, and eating La Poopy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but these fuckers sometimes want you to think like they're doing you a big favor just by even allowing you to breathe the same air that they breathe by coming into an interview. But if you just sit there, you know, know your fucking skills, know your worth, be fucking confident. And and then just just flip that shit around on him. Like, in, like it's so true in Kirby Enthusiasm. When Larry gives Leon the advice to... Uh, top, Larry, well, I'll top, top the turbo that motherfucker. I'll flip it around. That's, that's exactly what you do. You go into an interview, ask the questions. Like, what's so, what's so fucking great about you? Don't ask it in that way. But you know what I mean. What's so fucking great about you? What's so fucking great about your company? What's so fucking great about this department? That I should waste my time even being here today. You think you think this is like some treat for me? No. I don't need to be here. Tell me what's so great. Or I'm going to get up and leave. Don't actually... Again, don't actually say those things. But have that attitude like... Dude, you... I don't need you. You need me. Ask them questions. Put those fuckers on the spot. Ask them shit about the company. That they may or may not know. Ask them shit about the department. Why is this... Why is this job even open? What happened to the last guy? What's he doing? What's his trajectory? What are the challenges that you're that you face in your department? And how are you expecting some how not someone like me? You know who those assholes say when I'm president? Talk like that. So what so what are the great what are the three top challenges facing your department right now? And what am I what will I be doing to help address how do you expect me to help address those challenges when I'm in this role? What am I going to be doing? Who am I going to be working with? Uh, what kinds of skills? How can my skills be put to the put to use? Blah 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 blah. You know, I'm 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 just I'm sh- you know, this is off the top of my head. So this will require further preparation and research on your part. But this whole idea that like yeah, you have to impress these guys. Yeah, don't don't walk in there fucking scratching your balls and ripping farts like I did at my office. Walk in there looking sharp acting sharp, and fucking know your shit. Make them want you, because they think it's supposed to be the other way, and they're fucking idiots. Well, they're not idiots, but, you know, they, oftentimes, they think they're doing you a favor just by having you come in to talk about this job, but that's not true, because there's a million jobs out there. They don't necessarily exist in that city, but they exist. And if you go in there asking a shit ton of questions, you know, what's so great about you? What's so great about your company? What's so great? What will I be doing when I'm in this role? 
What are you expecting me to accomplish in the first 30 days, the first 90 days, the first year? What kinds of things will I be doing? How will I, you know? And then, and then when they say, oh, well, we need this and we need somebody who knows that. Then you've also prepared to answer. You're setting up the questions that you already have the answers to. You're asking the guy the questions, but making him think or her think that they're asking you the questions. So how, what kind of challenges do you have in this, in this department that you need to be addressed immediately or within the first 90 days or in the first year? And what kind of, what's the skill set that you're looking for to address? And I, you know, and then they say, oh, well, we need somebody who's a project manager who's done this and that. And they say, well, great. I'm your guy. I've, well, that's interesting you should say that because here's, here's the five projects that I managed at my last job. And here's how we were successful. And, here's, and then they're sitting there. They're sweating. And I'm telling you this because I've I've fucking lived this before. I've had these guys sitting there thinking that they're hot shit, and then I'm asking them the right questions. You look on Google. There's a million. It's so simple. It's so simple. You go on Google and you look up what questions to ask on a goddamn job interview. You can type in goddamn. It's probably you know probably take you less time to omit the goddamn. What questions should I ask on a job interview? And you're gonna get a ton of responses. Write those fucking shits down, memorize them, commit them to memory, have them in a notebook, have them saved electronically in a cloud somewhere that you can pull up easily in an email or in a file somewhere on your de- on any device that you're on. And some cl- put them in Dropbox, put them in your cloud, whatever, and just be ready so that anytime, oh, I've got another interview. Well, here's my questions. And you know what else you ask? Here's one. And this fucking works. I'm telling you right now, you ask the question, you know, how do you think someone, after you've gone through all your skills and all of this and all of that, you say, okay, so what do you think? Based on what I've told you, do you think that I am the right fit for this job? And sometimes they're going to look at you and say, what the fuck? Nobody's ever asked me that question before. You say, well, now you have. Now I've asked you. And then they're going to say, well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes they're, if they're honest, they're going to say either, well, uh, it looks like uh, points A, B, and C fits the description perfectly from what you're telling me. I think this could really, really be a good fit. However, I'm concerned about your lack of blah, blah, blah. And then you can use that opportunity to say, oh, well, let me clarify. I have also done X, Y, Z in, in addition to A, B, C. Hopefully that helps clear it up. I fucking ask, what about me? <laughs> Is there any... Is there any reason that you don't think I'm a candidate for this job? And if so, what have I not done to clarify that for you? And then fucking clarify it. If it's a job that you want, if it's something that you want. And I'm, I'm speaking about jobs, but just anything. Like, just go fucking get it. Like, grab it by the balls. Don't have, don't have your balls in a fucking vice in somebody else's hands. You have their balls. Grab those balls. That's all I can tell you. Grab those balls. There's only two people in this world who should have my balls in their hands. One of them is Kim, and the other one is that nice lady from the doctor's office that I told you about a few weeks ago, uh, toggling my balls. That's it. Those are the only two. Those are the only two hands my balls should ever be in, and one of them should only happen once a year. The other one is the nice lady from the doctor's office. <laughs> Heyo. Uh, but seriously, I, I don't even. I don't even know if what I said has anything to do with the stupid song that I'm playing. I can't even remember at this point. Don't about impressing people. You're continuously being told you're not good enough. Yeah, that's the thing. Just you can you can flip that shit around. Flip flip the script, as they say. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's my career advice based on this song. <laughs> yeah, don't. 
And and the whole idea of like, yeah, not being don't 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 who cares about impressing people? People are that's the thing though, you learn quickly. Like people are stupid. A lot of people are really stupid. Most people are really stupid. And so like what's this what's this whole desire to impress anybody? Just just do the things that you like. There's your purpose. Fucking make yourself happy. That's the purpose. That's it. That's all. Are you happy? Great. Are your parents happy? Are your friends happy? Who gives a shit? You're happy. Is everybody else happy with your decision? No, but you are? Great. As long as you're not, it's like the decision isn't like, I'm going to go murder people, you know. Like, obviously, OJ was really pleased with himself back in June of 1994. That doesn't mean that was the right thing to do. So, so you know, there's an exception. There's always exceptions when I say, you know, as long as you're happy, that's great. Because, you know, OJ was really happy stabbing two people to death. Uh, but that wasn't so great. So don't don't do those kinds of things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, people are idiots. So fuck people and fuck having to impress them. Impress yourself. And those job interviews, you can you can flip that shit around like crazy. You really can. Uh, I'll have many more uh, job consulting free t- tips here on future editions of the Birthday Boy podcast. Honestly, though, I've gotten pretty far. Uh, a, you know, I'm not an idiot. I'm not a complete idiot. Not not all the time, anyways. And B, I have. I have been on more job interviews than I could possibly count ever if I sat down and counted an unbelievable amount of job interviews. Some have gone horribly. Some have gone really, really well. And a few of them uh, got me the job. And goddamn, if you just fucking know your shit and know what you're good at, focus on that and then ask those questions. Ask about the company. Ask just shit... Ask, don't just ask like, oh, when was the company started? Like, don't ask those questions. Ask a question, ask a, a multi-layered question that says like, oh, so I see here that the company was founded in whatever year and then merged with such and such company uh, in the last five years and you acquired this uh, five years ago, you know, and then ask a specific question like, how has, how has such and such changed in the five years since and then name something that you've done your research on. Like, oh, I see you acquired uh, this firm uh, in 2009. So how has uh, has business changed? You know, ask ask something. Like, what's what have you found to be different? Uh, you know, you obviously have to find out how long that person's been there before you can ask a question like that. But that's what you do. You get answers. Ask questions. Pull information. Also, fucking the internet exists. Go on LinkedIn the night before or the week before and look at the people that you're fucking talking to. Their information's out there. You don't need to guess. You can find out stuff. Don't walk into the interview looking like a fucking stalker. Oh, so it's, I was on your Facebook page last night. It looks like looks like you and the fam just took a trip to Orlando and rode Space Mountain. How was that? No, you dummy. Go on LinkedIn. Oh, they've worked. They've been with this firm for 21 years. Wow. Well, they've got a wealth of information, and they can give me some background. How has the firm changed over time? What do you like now versus when you started? What was your career path? How did you get here? How can I? How can I move up in the firm? What can I do? How can blah 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 blah? And then you and then you give examples of yourself doing things like that in other jobs. Anyways, the the, the whole original point was whatever that kid said in that song. Whatever that song was. He also said, get paid, get laid, lose weight. 
And those are the three things people will pay for? I mean, I know people will pay to get laid and people will pay to lose weight. People will pay to get paid? Yeah, I guess so. Like a sucker? Like the lottery? Is that what he's talking about? The lottery? So there's there's something else you can do if you uh, if you can start some sort of uh, boy talk about what a what a service that would be if you could start some kind of company <laughs> that offered sex workers weight loss and a casino, which I think I think that's like Vegas, isn't that pretty much describing Vegas? Get paid, get laid, lose weight, and people will pay for those three things. I don't even know. I don't even know what he's talking about anymore. What a fucking idiot. Fuck this guy. What else do you have to say there, uh, Star Slinger? That's his name, Star Slinger. Still remain lit itself. Lit. Be that candle. Okay. What else? He's Only like, worry about your own happiness. Yeah. Which doesn't have to be limited by anyone else's stupidity. Oh. Unless you allow it to be. We just covered that. We covered that in this lecture if series. If it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no. Yeah. If you can't walk away from a negotiation, oh. then you aren't negotiating. Oh. You're just working out the terms of your slavery. Study the history of that's the form so, you want to master. That's so fucking true. What did he out say? Out of silence comes the greatest okay. creativity. All right, sh 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 shut up, shut up. Yeah, did you hear that shit, though? He just said the thing about the negotiation. If you can't walk away from a negotiation, you're not negotiating. That's so goddamn true. It's not that great. Whatever this job is that they're offering you, there's others out there. It doesn't seem like it because maybe you've found like this diamond in the rough where you live. There's not a, a lot of opportunities like this. So, yeah, I get that. But Jesus, you don't have to. That doesn't mean they have to be, you know, holding your nuts in their hand, like I said. Yeah. And you can like f yeah. negotiation. Speaking of. Tell them. Tell them your salary. And they will tell you a way lower salary, and you will say no, or or they will you might you might not even get not even get the chance to to tell them your salary expectations, and they give you some fucking lowball bullshit number, and then you still give them exactly what what you want. Like you you can always there's there's negotiation, there's room for negotiation, and if there's not, you probably don't want much to do with this place anyways. If they don't have wiggle room, if they're just like, well, here's the salary, that's it, no. No flexibility at all. Take it or leave it, asshole. It's like, A, if they want you that bad, they'll pay for you. B, anybody who's just saying like, well, this is the salary range, and there is no range, and this is the salary, and you can get the fuck out of here if you don't like it. That's a shit company. It's a shit job. You don't want it. Because then you, guess what? You're never going to get a fucking raise either, asshole. So negotiate that shit. <coughs> oh, baba. Uh, negotiate that shit. And then just and then stick to your guns. I mean, you know, don't be unreasonable. If it's a if it's a fifty thousand dollar a year, you know, somewhere in that range, like a fifty to seventy five thousand dollar salary, you can again research Glassdoor, LinkedIn. You can look at all these places. Indeed, find your salary. Then say, okay, well, this is what I'm worth based on that salary, based on the city, based on cost of living, based on this, that, and the other thing. And then you go in there and you tell them, this is my this is what I need to make. And they can either say yes or no. Uh, a shit company will say no. Um, but I've never, I've never had somebody say like, "Oh no, I'm not even going to negotiate with you. It's this, take it or leave it." Anybody who does is not worth the time of day, anyways. And I will tell you that any time that I've ever negotiated a salary, I've either gotten that salary or gotten very, very close to it. Even at times where it was like, "Oh man, I'm." 
This is really at the top of the range. But I said, you know, I've earned it and I'm worth it. And I will, I will, I will earn that, that money. And there's been times where they said, okay, well, this is what we want to pay you. And I'll say, no, it's not going to happen. And then they will come back the next day or an hour later or right then and there and say, okay, uh, okay, you're, we'll, we'll pay you. We'll pay you what you want. It's happened and it can happen. So yeah, don't, you know, fucking negotiate everything, negotiate everything, cars, jobs, whatever, whatever you can negotiate, negotiate it. Cause it works. It goddamn works. And if it doesn't, then it wasn't worth your time in the first place. It wasn't that great of a deal. I had a fucking, I had a job. I turned down an interview because the, the guy no showed. I was supposed to have a phone interview and he didn't show up for it. And I was fucking pissed because I had a ton of work to do and I wasn't particularly interested in this particular role at this particular company in this particular location. And he didn't show up and I waited for 10 minutes and then I texted the recruiter. Hey, this guy's not showing up. Where is he? Oh, he must have the wrong number. And then I went back in the email. Nope, I gave him the right number. Oh, well, then he must be on a, I don't know, he's on a call, he's in a meeting, he's somewhere, he's somewhere else. I'm like, well, he's supposed to be here. Oh, okay. Well, I'm hanging up. Uh, he's obviously not showing up. And then the recruiter says, well, let's reschedule. And I politely said, no, let's not reschedule. Uh, I think, I think I, uh, you know, politely said, good luck. I think this tells me everything I need to know. Uh, if he's not going to take seriously the job interview itself, then wh- how do I feel comfortable with him taking my work seriously when I'm, if I'm, you know, not if, when I'm hired? And uh, and he hounded me for like two weeks, and then I, and then and then you get to see like if somebody's really desperate, this kind of thing, <laughs> this kind of thing will happen. So they just kept hounding me like, I really think you should speak to this person. And then finally I said, okay, I'll give him, I'll give him thirty minutes. And then I had a bunch of questions lined up. I had a bunch of shit to ask. And I asked a bunch of shit. It was a very lovely call with a very lovely person. And then, God damn it, they offered me the job like an hour later. And then they offered me the salary. And I said, the salary is no good. I think you know by now that salary is not good. If I'm, if I'm willing to turn down an interview, I'm definitely turning down your first offer because the salary is way too low, even though it was way higher than what I was making. Uh, and I said, actually, my salary is going to be this percentage more than what you're offering me. And then they called back the following Monday and said, yep, we'll, we'll take you. Whatever you want, you've got it. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, that's all you have to, like, just know your fucking worth. Know what you know and know that there's things that you don't know and don't fucking pretend to know a bunch of shit because that's going to really bite you in the ass if you get the job, when you get the job. Focus on your strengths. What the fuck? This wasn't supposed to be. I was just going to play this song and go into other things. Now I've got like this fucking job negotiating. Now I'm mad that I even played this song. I've spent way too many minutes on this. She got panicking. See what else he has to say. Ultimately, mastery is about connecting the dots of many fields. Okay. Well, sure. If you don't choose yourself, someone else will. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That's true. And then you find yourself fucking, you know, shackled to a shitty job or something. All right. Okay. Flipping through. Flipping back to my... uh, Boy, 
we got off track there. I don't know. I hope that you found my career advice section to be somewhat useful. Oh, man. I know I'm drunk now. Ladies and gentlemen, I, for, I forgot my favorite man sitting over there. His name is Mr. Doublelina, Mr. Bob Doublelina. Mr. Doublelina, Mr. Bob Doublelina. Mr. Doublelina, Mr. Bob Doublelina. Oh man. Why not? Why not some Mr. Doublelina? Oh, early 90s hip hop, man. Come on. Alright. So I realized something. I forgot. I mentioned last week that we went to Portland. And, which we did. And I mentioned that it was like event free. It was, there was nothing, there was nothing exciting or funny or stupid or interesting. Well, I'm an idiot because I did forget this one, uh, this one scene that I was involved in at the Children's Museum. And it generally, like I said, it was. Everybody's super nice. Just a super chill, relaxed day. It was great. Weather was perfect. It was fucking awesome. But I forgot about this kid. <laughs> We went to the Children's Museum, which was wonderful. It was fantastic. And they have this little space shuttle thing that you, the kids can play in, kind of like the one at the Boston Science Museum, except without 5,000 kids. There's only like five kids trying to play with it at one time. And you can go in and you can sit in the cockpit and all the fake controls and everything, and it's great. And the kids... Uh, the kids went to the the kids and Kimmy went to the restroom. They got kicked out of the space shuttle because they were getting ready. They turned the space shuttle into like a miniature planetarium, and they do some uh, lecture on the constellations for the kids. And it was really really well done. The, the little uh, instructor was very good with children and everything. Well I, well, I was waiting by the door. I said, "Oh, don't start yet. My kids and my wife are coming. They're going to want to see this." So Kaylin comes out of the bathroom and walks past. I said, "Hey, Kaylin, come on in. We're gonna—they're gonna do a, a little mini planetarium. Look at the stars and the constellations." And she just looked at me. She said, "No, not interested." Kept walking. Went to play with other things. Cam comes out. I'm like, "Hey, Cam, got uh, gonna look at the stars. Look at the constellations. It could be pretty neat. Gonna sit in the dark and look at the stars." She's like, "Nah, thanks, Dad. I'm good." Kept walking. I looked at Kim and I'm like, "Yeah, I know. You're not coming in. No." But I, I really wanted to see the planetarium, so so I went and sat. It was just me and a bunch of children and a couple of moms sitting and looking at the at the at the stars in this little miniature planetarium. Well, this one kid just fucking out of nowhere, you know. And the the little instructor, she's doing a really nice job. She's like, "Does anyone know?" Like that real sort of patronizing, talking to kids thing that I hate. That voice, like, "Does anyone know?" Any constellations? Does anyone know how old this? How many stars do you think are in the sky? And she's talking like that. And I'm just rolling my eyes, but of course I realize I'm an, I'm the only adult in here who is a not an instructor or b has children in here. I'm just sitting in here by myself like a fucking moron because I was abandoned by my kids. So she's that was one of the first questions. She goes, "Does anyone here know?" how many stars there are in the sky and all the kids yelling out, are there 20? A thousand. 
a million. And then this one kid just goes, it's 2.7 billion times 2.7 billion. And, you know, it's like, okay, that's an, that's an interesting, okay, 2.7 billion times 2.7 billion, fine. And then, uh, and then one kid goes, infinity stars. And the instructor, oh, infinity, wow, that's... And then the kid who said 2.7, he's like, that's not a number. And the kid's like, yes, it is. He's like, no, it isn't. Infinity's not a number. It is not. And then the instructor had to like, he's like, okay, okay, everybody, everybody calm down. And then, uh, and so this kid, he's already just, he's picking fights with everyone. He's like, that's not, infinity's a bullshit number, kid. And then his mom's like, all right, son, that's, let's take it easy. And, uh, and so then they, and then they put on, you know, they've got the little light with the canister that goes over it that projects the stars onto the ceiling, under the little dome, which is really, you know, it's neat. And then they've got another little canister that has the, you know, the little drawings of where the constellations would be in the sky. So we're looking at the stars themselves. This little projector can light scenario setup that they have. And uh, and the instructor's like, can any of you wonderful children point out, do you see any shapes in the stars in the sky? And the kids are like, I see. I see the Big Dipper. Oh, you do? Oh, that's great. And the kids, other kids, you know, I see this. I see that. I see a whatever. Mmm. Delicious water. And then the same kid, the 2.7 billion kid, the infinity's not a number kid. He's just out of, everyone's like, I see, oh, I think I see the Big Dipper. Oh, I think I see Orion. I see Orion's belt. Oh, I see it. I see my, you know, just cute little answers. I see the North Star. I see Jupiter, you know, all this stuff. And then this kid, he's, he's sitting silent, silently. And he just goes, I see fuck. And everybody just like gasped because <laughs> it sounded like, you know, he goes, I see fuck. I see fucker. I, I see Mr. Fucker. That's Mr. Fucker. I see Mr. Fucker. And he just said like, it's Mr. Fokker. I see Mr. Fokker. And it was the only time during the entire presentation that this nice instructor, who's very good with the children, just ignore everybody just completely ignored. Because we're like, what the fuck? I even went home and looked up to see if there was, like, actually some kind of constellation called Fokker, which I did. It was a picture of Ben Stiller in the sky. <laughs> I, I, maybe I didn't research hard enough. Maybe somebody out there can tell the old birthday boy, old Johnny boy, that there's really a constellation called Mr. Fokker. I can't imagine, like, in ancient times, I can't imagine, like, <laughs> the Greeks, the Romans, the Norsemen, any of these ancient cultures of any kind in Egypt or anywhere else is like, hey, <laughs> what do you want to call that one? Hey, how about Mr. Fokker? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's you know, you know, we've got Orion the Hunter, and you've got uh, you know, you've you've got the Scorpio, and you've got this, and you've got that, Cassiopeia, and um, yeah, those are great. But how about Mr. Fokker? How about that one? There's Mr. Fokker. We'll go. We, we'll go with Mr. Fokker. Uh, okay, Mr. Fokker, it is. So yeah, and then uh, I I I will be honest. I wasn't sure what else this kid was going to say. He was. J 
mostly pretty silent throughout the remainder of the of the presentation. But at one point, he's like, he's looking at the stars, and they took the canister off, and they put the they put the thing that has the actual drawings of Orion and and everything else, and the and the bull and the scorpion and this and that. And so you can actually see where they are, where these actual, you know, constellation images are in the sky. And he goes, whoa, whoa, what is, what is this? Some kind of, uh, some kind of character? Uh, we're looking at some kind of character? Like, yeah, that's, that's a character. It's, we're looking at a character, all right. <laughs> he was a character, all right. Uh, and I, I was sitting there and I was thinking, gosh... He said all this great stuff about Mr. Fokker, and I really wish I, I had a recording of it. So I thought, you know, I'm just an adult here by myself. That's creepy enough. Why don't I turn on my phone and record some audio in case this kid says Mr. Fokker again? So you're going to hear, oh, would you look at that? You're going to hear uh, an actual recording because that's exactly what I did. I turned on my phone. And you can hear the nice instructor counting down, and they were, you know, pretending, hey, we're in a spaceship, and now we're back at planet Earth, and we're going to turn on the constellations, blah, 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 blah. Let's see. One last time, as fast as we can possibly count down. Are you ready? They really did a great job on this countdown, by the way, these kids. So close. I can't spot anything. That's him. I see him right there. Oh, yeah, I see your dog. Oh, there's Mr. Fokker. <laughs> it's, it's still funny to me. Oh, there's Mr. Fokker. <laughs> oh, I'm dying to know who Mr. Fokker is. So there, was, so there we go. I was wrong last week when I said nothing. Nothing weird and exciting happened at, the, at our little day trip to Portland. But there it was. Little Fokker Jr., one of Ben Stiller's kids. Maybe one of Jorge Villanueva's kids. Who knows? Yo, 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 yo. Getting ready to go. We're going... We're actually taking the kids... Let it play. We're leaving soon. We're taking the kids. We're going to see a 99-year-old Holocaust survivor who was a spy, a French spy. She happened to have, she's Jewish, happened to have blonde hair, blue eyes, spoke fluent German. And so she was able to, she, she tricked these stupid fucking Nazi idiots into thinking a that she was German and b that her fiance or husband or boyfriend or whatever it was uh, was was stationed somewhere and she couldn't find she had she had gotten the wrong information she was trying to find where he was stationed and so she was able to obtain all these secrets all the, all these military all this military information just by just by sweet talking the stupid Nazis and and pretending that she had a a, a partner. Who was stationed somewhere? It's fucking awesome. Um, and she's, you know, she's 99 years old. Look, 
like when we were kids in the 80s and the 90s, like people, our grandparents and our friends' parents and grandparents were World War II veterans and they were Holocaust survivors and they were people from that era and that's a dying breed. So I figure, you know what, when my kids get to high school, eh, there's not going to be too many Holocaust survivors around to go hear lectures. So yeah, they're seven and nine, almost eight and 10, but they're going to go hear this one. And we have prepped them. I've given them plenty of Holocaust 101 over the last day or two, which, uh, you know, that's a nice way to, to end up this end the summer before going back to school. Trying to relax, play some video games, go to the pool. Uh, sit down, kids. Daddy's gonna Daddy's gonna tell you about the Holocaust. But now, yeah, you know, I don't care. It's gonna be two hours. Will they get bored? One of them, almost definitely. Uh, but I told them that they have no choice. They've got to sit and listen because you know that's it's fucking it's important. It's so important. And we took the kids. Two years ago, I don't. I've never posted this on Facebook. I have told a handful of people. We took the kids to meet Hillary Clinton, and look, I'm not getting political. I'm just telling you, and this is why I haven't posted on Facebook because I didn't want to hear anybody's opinion about Hillary Clinton. I don't give a shit. What I care about is that my kids were nuts about Hillary Clinton. Whether I'm nuts about her or not doesn't matter. My kids are nuts about her, and so she had a, a book signing two years ago at a bookstore in Concord, New Hampshire. So we took the day off. We all played hooky, and we went up there and waited in line and got autographed copies of her book. And Cameron, you know, Kaylin was very cute and had said nice things to to her, and so did Kimmy. Cameron walked right up to her at the desk and, um, you know, said, I have something to tell you. And, and you know, Hillary Clinton goes, what's your name? You know, asked everybody's name. Hi, Kaylin. Hi, nice to meet you. Cameron, nice to meet you. And I, I said, Cam, did you have something you wanted to say to her? I said, oh, what would you like to tell me, Cameron? And Cam just looks at Hillary Clinton. She goes, I love you. And it was very, it was a very sweet moment. Like, fuck your political opinions, whether you like her or not. That's not why I'm telling this story. That's the reason I haven't posted anything like this on Facebook. It was just a beautiful moment of a child meeting somebody that she happened to be fond of. And it was a really nice So, like, Kim and I have tried very hard to just, like, things that they may not appreciate at the time, but that you're not, when is the opportunity going to come back? So we took that opportunity, and I, I used that opportunity to meet Hillary Clinton, and I walked right up to her, and I said, ah. I said, well, 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 Mrs. Clinton. I said, finally, after all these years, you finally get to meet me. And uh, she she didn't find that to be funny. I don't know why. Either she thought I was an idiot who got tongue-tied and said, you know, she thought that I meant to say, oh, after all these years, I finally get to meet you, which I had no intention of saying. I had worked on this line. I thought it was so great. I was so proud of myself. And then I walked up to her. Well, 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 Mrs. Clinton, at long last, after all these years, you finally get to meet me. And she just kind of looked and she's kind of like, eh, uh-huh, oh, okay. Yes, yes, I do. And then I, and then I said, oh, you know what? My kid has something to say. All right, you don't like that. You, you, my kid's about to tell you that she loves you. So, what do you know, lady? Doesn't appreciate the humor that one. <laughs> <laughs>
But anyway, anyways, it was like a you know how many how many times you get to do that? Oh hey kids, let's go meet Hillary Clinton with you again. Fuck your political opinions. I don't care. Cause what? Who knows what mine are about her? It doesn't matter. What matters is my kids were dying to meet her, and they got to meet her. They were huge fans. They got to see her, and you know Cam got to tell her I love you, which is so sweet. And the woman actually was like, you know. Me, I think everyone is Selena Meyer from Veep and is full of shit. But that, you know, that seemed like a pretty legitimate uh, reaction from the uh, from the former first lady, the former Madam Secretary. Anyway, so this is one of those this is one of those moments too, and it's obviously not political. It's like this is history. This is just full on history, and it's something that you don't get every day in your own backyard to go and meet a a Holocaust survivor who's also 99 years old, who was a spy and, you know, did all these just unbelievable things and has stories that, you know, that obviously need to be told <clears throat> and have been told and the kids are going to listen to it and whether they fully, you know, they're young, they're not going to fully grasp all of it, um, but they can, you know, they can say that they were there and they got to meet this person. Just like they got to hear, two years ago, they got to hear John Williams conduct live I mean, that's that to me was a big deal. The kids may not have cared, but that's you know, the guy's what eighty eight years old. He's not gonna be doing that for much longer. Let's be honest. So you know, shit like that. Just trying to get out and like give that stuff to the kids, whether they fully appreciate it or care about it at the time. They can look back and say, "Wow, shit, we got to meet uh, Hillary Clinton, hear John Williams conduct the the fucking Boston Pops." And uh, got to listen to a 99-year-old Holocaust survivor tell her tales. I mean, come on. And thanks to Johanna and Alex for alerting us to this event. We wouldn't have known otherwise. So that's where we're, we're heading out very, very shortly to go to that event. I will not be using that same line if I have the chance to meet uh, the survivor. I will not be using the, finally, after all these years, you get to meet me. Actually, I can't. I can't guarantee that I won't use that line. I might use that line. I I'm going to use that line. That's a line that's going to be used. Yep, it's decided. It's been decided. All right. One. There's two two last things I got to tell you about. One of them. Uh, this is kind of. I guess this is kind of sounding board theater ish. I was gonna. I was gonna skip the whole sounding board thing today, but this directly. <laughs> this directly relates to us and the things that we do locally here uh let's see where's sounding board theater yeah so so this is the second summer in a row that we got the kids passes summer passes to go for one hour a day every day from april till labor day to go to the trampoline park launch trampoline park in nashua well on sunday somebody posted on the sounding board curious about this and it was a posting from launch, from their Facebook page, which has since been deactivated, says, Dear valued guests, due to unforeseen circumstances, Launch Nashua will not have any operational hours until further notice. We look forward to welcoming you back in the near future. We apologize for any inconvenience that this may have caused. Sincerely, Launch Management Team. Hmm, that's weird. So a lot of the comments start to roll in. Hmm. Hope everything's okay. No one was hurt. Wow, that sucks. My daughter loved it there. Uh, hope they open back up soon. 
I really hope everything's okay. Curious to know what happened. Hope there were no injuries. Uh, an article I read specifically said it was not related to injuries. Oh, man, I was just there today. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Altitude is much better. It's a different trampoline park. Great. All this other shit. <clears throat> Launch Nashua page was just removed. Something isn't right. Everything has been removed. It's just vanish. Huh. That's weird. A little more information would be great. I think the waivers they make you sign cover them from serious injury. Maybe money. It always seemed busy to me and sort of expensive. Yeah, it's sort of expensive. Uh, maybe they got bought out. Yeah, in the middle of the Sunday. They just said, hey, when uh, when we, when we are you going to buy us out? Uh, 3.30 on Sunday. And then we'll just, we'll just come in and, in the middle of the day. Uh, anyways, anyone remember which Patriots player endorsed launch? Ty Law. Okay, great. Uh, stinks for those with a summer pass. Yeah, it sure does. I wonder if they were hacked. Blah, blah, blah. I hate to see a local business close up. Okay. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of stuff. Everybody's mostly speculating what's happened, what's happened. Uh, well, it turns out... And this is still not... I don't know that this has been confirmed yet. Um, oh, this this might be fake news, folks. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, okay, here's Jamie Diamond. Jamie Diamond shows up on the sounding board in big caps. I know what happened! So there was a kid's birthday party there this weekend. And I guess the little girl's older brother thought it would be funny to put syrup of Ipecac in the punch or food. Not sure exactly how it happened. Anyways, the kids ended up puking slash pooping all over the trampolines. So now they need to replace all the trampoline fabric. And then he continues, The only reason I know is because my little sister was there and she's allergic to gluten and nuts, so she brought her own snacks. And then this fucking white trash bro goes, literally was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Hey, look at that. A bunch of kids are violently ill. They're shitting and puking all over the place at a birthday party. Ah, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen because I'm a moron. After like 20 minutes of volcanoes erupting, I honestly felt bad. Oh, it only took him 20 minutes to finally like grow a heart and feel bad. But the smell was intense. Had to get my sister out of there. Can't tell if you're being serious. And then there's Jake... Oh, it's Jake Diamond. Did I say Jamie? That's the that's wrong... Wrong... Uh, wrong Diamond altogether. This is Diamond Dave. Uh, Jake Diamond. This is, the, this is the kid. It was on my Snapchat until yesterday. So not only did the kids see this and laugh about it for 20 minutes... He had it on his Snapchat. Kids shitting and puking and being sick all over the trampoline park. And, of course, you know, the usual fucking New Hampshire mutants are cracking up about that. They thought it was really funny. Uh, somebody says, you Snapchatted a bunch of kids puking and crapping at launch? And he writes, damn straight I did. Oh. You know, I guess when I said earlier about, like, just, you know, stick to your guns... Don't back down. You know what? Jake Diamond, don't stick to anything. You have no purpose in life. Uh, don't negotiate things. Take whatever you can get because you're a fucking loser. Uh, and then he writes, You can't see something that hilarious and not start recording. It's not like I could magically plug them up. 
Nothing you can do but laugh and run like hell. Eh, you can you can do other things. <laughs> you can do other things. <laughs> Kids are shitting and puking all over the place. Laughter would not be on the top of my list, but anyway. You're a redneck, so good for you. Uh, so, and that's it. That's that's pretty much the end of it. There's no further... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow this story as it continues to break. But nobody, even on the news, even on WMUR, they just basically restate what I've just stated, is that the trampoline park closed unexpectedly and it hopes to reopen in the future. But evidently, that's what happened. That's the only... That's the only tale that's been told is some, some fucking weenus Snapchatted kids vomiting and shitting themselves all over the trampoline park. Thought it was the most hilarious thing ever until 20 minutes later said, oh, geez, maybe they're really, really, like these fucking kids could go to the ER. Who knows if they did? Somebody could have gone to the fucking hospital, gone to the ER. Little children with, you know, with something like that in their system. That's great. Oh, that's funny. That's Snapchat-worthy, bro. Cool cool Snapchat, bro. Uh, so anyways, um, yeah, so they uh, are in the process, if this is true, in the process of replacing all the trampolines, all the fabric. Uh, to me, that's not enough. To me, I will never set foot in that place again. <laughs> it's bad enough to go in there and have to smell feet and nacho cheese and popcorn the whole time you're sitting there while the kids are bouncing around. My kids love it there. They love that place. It's it's a fucking redneck white trash paradise. Um, but the kids they don't care. They don't. They're oblivious. They're just bouncing around having a great time. And uh, yeah, and some kid uh, some kid walked past and gave Cam the finger uh, a couple weeks ago because I guess he was you know he was trying to be a fucking show off and Cam has no tolerance for any of that shit he was like look how high I can bounce and he was you know I'm guessing that you guys are sisters You, he was just being a you know look at me look at me pay attention to me kind of just spouting out nonsense and so Cam you know she may have like body checked him at one point when he was when they were you know bouncing she just body checked right into the kid and <laughs> knocked him on his ass which I told her like you can't do that uh, but she did, and then the kid, uh, when it was time to leave and she was putting her sneakers on, he walked past and he looked up. We were up on the landing where the parents sit and can look out over the place, and he walked past and gave her the finger. <laughs> and she just started laughing, and she goes, Whoa. she did the, like, whoa, boogie, boogie, boogie. oh, no, I'm scared. You know, that kind of thing. And I said, what is happening right now? <laughs> and so she had to explain what happened, what I just told you. So I fucking hate launch. The kids always went there. They had, they both had their birthday parties there last year. Hopefully, it will never reopen, so we never have to go back there. But goddamn, that's. But that's. If that happened, I totally believe. I, I believe of some like red. I wouldn't believe. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if this Jake Diamond was the kid who put the fucking epicac in the in the in the punch or the soda or whatever it was. You have to be a real piece of shit to do that. So, and that's that's who goes to launch is pieces of shit. Oh my god! So that's a small little bit of bit of sounding board theater for today. All right, one last little thing. And we'll get out of here. 
Oh, man. Again, so many things in the notebook. And so little time. Anyway. So. This, this one last story. I don't know. I don't know if it's really a, a story so much as it is a recording of Kimmy and I from a few days ago. So we were talking when I was a kid, when I was a baby, toddler, infant, child, single-digit child. Uh, my mom called me Johnny Wanamus, which she knows I hated. I fucking hated that name. Mom, if you're listening, if that's a sur- I don't think that's a surprise to you. I think I think I made that clear a long thirty years ago that I did not like to be called Johnny Wanamus. So I was talking to Kimmy about that nickname, and uh, and she was having she was having a hard time pronouncing it. She was saying Wamano- Johnny Wamanopolis, Papadopoulos, and it was just so stupid and so silly. And I said this will never be on the podcast, but every time I listen to it, it makes me laugh. Just us sitting there, just being being idiots. So I'm going to play that for you. Here it is. Kimmy and I talking about my dreaded nickname from childhood, Johnny Wanamus, and her her trying to pronounce it. And me laughing like a fucking idiot, too, like making sounds that the human body shouldn't make because I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe. And then somehow Johnny Wanamus turned into Johnny Papadopoulos, which turned into Johnny, (laughs) Johnny Papadopoulos. Uh, here it is. You don't have to say it. Shiny <laughs> Papadopoulos. Uh, I just told Kimmy uh, that my mom, when I was a kid, called me Johnny Wanamus. <laughs> and she couldn't pronounce it. Johnny Wamo, Wamamanus, Wamanamanus, <laughs> and then I said Johnny, and she thought it was sounded like Johnny. So <laughs> she goes, she goes, <laughs> Kim goes, your, your mom called you Johnny, <laughs> Papadopoulos. <laughs> Shiny Papadopoulos. <laughs> oh man, I'm dying. <laughs> Holy shit. <coughs> oh. talking about that name, how much I hated Johnny Wanamus. And Kim <laughs> I said that even saying that name out loud, I want to crawl under the bed because I hated that name so much. And she goes, Johnny Wamana Waman. What did, how did you say it? It's me, Johnny Womanopolis. 
I own the Euro stand at the mall. Oh my god. And then I I said that I said that in my kindergarten yearbook that I was dressed in a sailor suit in my picture and said Giant Papadopoulos. <laughs> Ch- Chong Chong Rhombus. <laughs> oh man. Uh, none of this is making it on the podcast. It's just funny as fuck. Ooh. Oh, goddamn. It still made me laugh listening to it just there. Kimmy thinking that I said Jiny. That my mom... <laughs> my mom's nickname for me was Jiny. Jiny Papadopoulos. And then somewhere in there I came up with Chong Rhombus because I think Kimmy had called me that at some point too. Chong Rhombus. Yeah, that makes sense. That fits. <laughs> All right. Still so many things left to say that are not going to get to that are not going to be said on this week's edition of the Birthday Boy podcast. You know there was a thing on Twitter about Seinfeld versus Friends. Which one's funnier? Go fuck yourself. Oh yeah, Friends is funnier, huh? Such such crazy characters. Look, I love Friends. I watched Friends in the 90s, but anybody who thinks Friends is funnier than Seinfeld, just don't ever talk to me again. Keep subscribing, but don't ever talk to me again, you stupid asshole. Friends. And look, not everybody likes Seinfeld. I'll, I don't get it. I'll never understand anyone not loving Seinfeld. But you don't like it, that's fine. You don't like Seinfeld. It's not for you. But for anyone to come out and say, oh, I don't like Seinfeld, but I like Friends, or I like Seinfeld and Friends, but I find Friends to be way funnier. Oh, go fuck yourself. Really, seriously. You can't see right now, but you hear that? For all you Friends fans out there, that's me going like that with my knuckles together. Ross's uh, little secret code middle finger thing. Yeah, I fucking know Friends. I like Friends. But it's not... If Friends and Seinfeld are on at the same time, I'm 100 times out of 100, I'm watching Seinfeld. Even if it's the worst Seinfeld episode, it's still better than the best Friends episode. <sighs> Anyways, jeez. I'm trying to get out of here talking about Seinfeld and Friends. That's a whole... That's a whole nother thing. Um, okay. That's it. I think, you know, uh, one other thing I wanted to say. I did get an email, birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. I strongly suggest you, uh, I, I suggest you please continue to keep in touch and email me at, the, at birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. Got an email from Nate S., Nate Stengrivix, my, my bowling pal, fabulous musician, great friend, great human, and super fan. I don't think I mentioned Nate. I mentioned Nate and Carrie, obviously super fans. And Joe and Stephanie and Frank and Ryan, Carl. There's t- there's too many to mention. There's just too many to mention. Chris and Jay. A lot of my a lot of my great friend Cliffy. I hope is listening. I'm sure he's not because he's a fuck face. <laughs> but uh, Nate Stengrevics, big time, big time super fan of the Birthday Boy podcast, uh, and he writes. <clears throat> Johnny Boy, still digging the podcast. I particularly enjoyed the Broadway Hits collection, Womack style. 
Grandma Cliff's Yentl was especially moving. Nate. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. I wrote back to you. Hopefully you saw it, and hopefully you'll continue to enjoy it, even though I have no little musical numbers this week or any bits or any sitcoms, because that takes a lot of time. Um, I'll have more. There'll be more, but that's not not every week. Not every week. Uh, I was thinking maybe maybe a prank call, like a legit prank call. Like I might call Barnes & Noble as Grandma Cliff or as Cliffy Baseball or both, asking for that Broadway that Womack family Broadway hits. I think I, I think that I think that's I was driving around kind of going over some possible lines that I could say in a prank call like that. That might be fun. We'll see. But that's for another time. And uh, I don't know if I'll do that or not. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. We'll see. Uh, so that's it. It's two hours. Remember when this podcast used to be one hour and I thought that was too long and now I'm sitting here t- giving fucking interviewing tips? That's ridiculous. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed it. I feel like I've gotten two hours and I've barely said anything. But hopefully the things that I have said, some of those things you've found to be interesting, funny, enlightening, enjoyable, enjoyable, enjoymentable. Uh, but it's it's it. That's it. It's all over. It's time to go. I have I have a place that I need to be, as I've mentioned. And uh, so that's it. I'm going to get out of here, and I'm going to remind you again that uh, positivity is very stupid. And if you're positive, you if you go the positivity route, you're a dope, and you're an asshole. Uh, but I will say, kindness matters. Kindness is the thing that matters. Okay, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. Tell your friends, please. Please. No, get, get the fuck out there and tell. That's an order. Go tell your friends. Tell everybody you know to listen to this podcast right now. God damn it! Not tomorrow. Not in a few minutes. Right now. Call them. Text them. Tell them. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I can ask for. Birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com and uh, and all kinds of fun stuff. We have we have fun. I hope, and we'll do it again next week with episode nineteen. And in a couple weeks, I'm going to take. A little bit of time off from the podcast. There's some vacation time coming up, and uh, we'll talk about that later. But for now, this is episode 18. We will be back next week with episode 19. Have a fabulous day. Enjoy. Whatever. I don't care. We'll talk to you next time. So, this is the birthday boy saying, later, gators. I forgot. Uh, I have another Cliffy call. A new Cliffy call. A brand new Grandma Cliff calling Cliff uh, regarding the big successful hit that was Cliffy's Place last week. We aired the debut episode of Cliffy's Place, and Grandma Cliff had something 
uh, something she wanted to discuss with Cliffy in the following voicemail. Enjoy. Yes, hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, Clifford? Cliff, is this you? Have I reached your voicemail again? Cliff, it's Grandma Cliff, Cliff. Cliffy, it's your Grandma Cliff, Cliff. Where are you? Oh, my God, why don't you ever call me back, you son of a bitch? Listen, Cliffy, I I heard that the latest, the, the brand new show called Cliffy's Place was a big-time TV success. We're famous, Cliffy. The Womacks are famous at last. It's everything you've always dreamed for, Cliffy. Fame and fortune, being in the spotlight, having people talk about you all the time on a weekly basis. Cliff, that sounds like it's exactly what you've always dreamed of. And now you have it. Cliffy's place. I hope I hope that shows on for years and years and years, Cliffy. Listen, Cliff, I have to talk to you because I've heard some troubling things about what you've done with your share of the money that we're making off of this big-time sitcom, Cliffy's Place, Cliff. I've been told from some very reliable sources, Cliffy, that you've already spent a good portion of your salary from Cliffy's Place, and might I add, we're making a rather handsome uh, sum of money, Cliffy, and you've already used a portion of that to purchase an entire flatbed of blow-up dolls? You pervert! They told me, and these are very, 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 these are very reliable sources, Cliff. I hear lots of things, and when I hear something about you doing something weird and perverse, I have no choice but to believe it based on your track record, Cliff. You purchased an entire flatbed of blow-up dolls delivered right to your front door for the whole world to see, Cliffy. And then, and then I'm told, and then I'm told, you took all of these blow-up dolls and you played out little scenarios. One of them was you, you played a game called Restaurant where you had all the dolls sitting at a table and then you would spill the water on the dolls and you'd have to... You'd have to clean it by wiping it off their chest, Cliffy. And invariably, every one of these scenarios would end with you having sex with the blow-up dolls, Cliff. Sticking it to them as, as I believe you were bragging. You were heard bragging that you were sticking it to them. Oh, my God. Just when I think it can't get any worse. Just when I think we've reached the depths of your depravity, Cliff. I hear a story like this, with you banging multiple sex dolls in one sitting, playing restaurant, sex doll restaurant, blow-up doll restaurant, Cliff, and then you pose them on the couch, you pose them on chairs, and you play library, and you go around pretending that they're, they're in a library, and you shush them, and then you spill another glass of water while they're in the library, these blow-up dolls, and then you wipe the water off the blow-up dolls, and then and then you stick it to them, Cliff, while you're wiping them off. Oh, my God, Cliffy. 
I'm not sure that I'm upset so much at the act itself as I am at the quantity, Cliff. The quantity. The act itself is lewd enough. It's bad enough, Cliffy. The fact that you're doing it so repeatedly across so many uh, different scenarios with such a large quantity, an entire flatbed, if you will, of blow-up dolls. Oh, my God. And they tell me you're wearing your Christmas slacks while you're, while you're performing the act. Oh, break my heart in a million pieces, Cliffy. Why don't you? Oh, my God. And then you play a game called Office. You play a game called Little Bank Office Boy. Little Bank Office Boy. My little butter boy plays Little Bank Office Boy. And he pretends that all the dolls work for him in the office. And you call yourself Mr. Carruthers. And you're, you're their boss. And then Mr. Carruthers spills his coffee on these dolls, Cliffy. And then you wipe up the dolls, the coffee off of the dolls. And then and then it leads to you sticking it to them. Sticking it in them, Cliffy. Oh, my God. So many dolls. So many scenarios. You've really given this a lot of thought, haven't you? You pervert, little sicko pervert. Oh, my God. Little bank boy. My little bank boy, my butter boy has become a little bank boy, little pervert boy. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say, Cliffy. I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to say anymore. We worked so hard to get this great... We've worked so hard to get this sitcom on the air and worked so hard to make all this money and you've spent it on a flatbed of blow-up dolls that you proceed to bang... In different scenarios around the house, Cliffy, the pound pound was bad enough. Now you've got this a little harem, little harem, a blow-up harem going on in your own home. I don't know what to say, Cliffy. I don't know what to say. But you're a real sicko, Cliffy. But you're my little boy. You're my little baby butter boy, Cliffy. I can never stay mad at you, even though you're a little bank boy, pervert boy, little sicko. You're still my little baby boy, my little butter boy, Cliffy. And I love you in those slacks. I don't care what you're doing or who you're doing or how you're doing it, Cliffy. You look so handsome in those slacks all the time. Okay, Cliffy, call me back. It's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Call me back at your convenience, please. Okay, Cliffy. Okay, my little butter boy, I'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. If you can ever call me back, that is, you son of a bitch. Okay, Cliff. Gotta go. Talk to you soon, Cliffy, my butter boy. Okay, bye.